So imagine every day for 10 years, what would that be, 3,650 times, seeing about 20 images of allegedly people standing on the moon and thinking it's the most glorious thing of all time. And then when I'm 14 years old, I see an interview. He was one of the first guests on Oprah, and his name was William Casey. He had very high security clearance at NASA because he would edit the memos between Von Braun, the rocket designer, and the Pentagon to correct their grammar and make them look a little more educated than they really were. And he had to have high security clearance, and he read all these classified memos, including one from Von Braun to the Pentagon warning them that the odds of going to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth computing power of a modern cell phone was probably a one in 10,000 chance, which is virtually guaranteeing killing the crew on live international television. Wow. And in order to guarantee the successful mission during the Vietnam War protests, they faked it. And so I'm, I, it caught me as an open-minded 14-year-old, thank goodness. I'm like, oh, you know, never thought about that. So then I look at the pictures with new eyes. And sure enough, you know, in the original pictures, if you can find a book from the library and borrow it, <laughs> you know, or, or find collector's editions on eBay, the original picture showed the lunar soil as a caramel brown, which is what it actually is if you're there. They know this from unmanned probes. And you'll see the Chinese probes today, which I believe are genuine, have a caramel brown surface. And then in the photographs, the fake projected backdrops were grayish blue. And you could pretty easily see a straight line going across horizontally. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the fake backdrop right there. And as a filmmaker, which I would later become, they're standing incredibly close to the fake backdrops, closer than I would put them if I were directing oh. it. And so later, NASA put a blue filter on it and made the soil and the background the same color so it doesn't show up as much. And that's what you see online today. So that kind of planted a seed in my mind, Sean. It's like, hmm, I wonder about that. Well, as it would have it, 10 years go by, I'd become a filmmaker. Remember, a filmmaker's job is to make fake scenes look real, right? So that's how I could tell that these things were shot in electrical lighting. In fact, you could prove the moon landing fraud with a single picture of a shadow of an astronaut going at 12 o'clock and a rock five feet away, the shadow's at nine o'clock. A 90 degree difference from five feet apart, just go out in a parking lot or your front yard on noon on a cloudless day with you and a friend five feet apart, and you'll see sunlight is always parallel no matter which way you go. So if they're intersecting at 90 degrees, that's electrical light, which means they're on the moon because it can't be duplicated scientifically in sunlight. So you can prove it's fake by one picture. So I was editing one day for the client who produced the TV show I had seen as a 14-year-old 10 years earlier. He put me in touch with William Casey who said, hey, you're a filmmaker. You should do a film about the fake moon landing. I thought, well, let me think about this. So I literally took off for six months, paid myself a salary, started investigating it, found out that two of the three astronauts on the you know famous mission refused to ever give an interview about it. That's kind of strange. Found out the administrator of NASA resigned days before the first mission. Kind of strange. Wouldn't you want to be part of this great thing? And the Soviets had launched everything first, the first animal, satellite, orbit, spacewalk, crew of three, and they never went to the moon. And then you had, of course, Tricky Dick Nixon at the helm, and of course, the photographic anomalies, being able to see a fake background, shadows intersecting. And I'm like, you know, 
maybe they really did fake it. And I kind of, John, I have this, uh, you could say, uh, relentless personality. I, <laughs> I, I don't like to lose. I, I don't like giving up on a goal. If there's a will, there's a way. That's my motto. <laughs> and knowing that about myself and knowing that I like puzzles, I used to draw mazes as a child. Uh, I said, if anyone could figure this out, it would be me. And then I realized if they did not go, and I start overturning these rocks, that could be hazardous to my health. So I actually turned down the project. I said, I want to have a wife and family someday. No, thank you. About five years go by, another client challenges me to read the Bible. Now, I wasn't a Christian, but I'm like, oh, well, I guess so. And it didn't exactly turn me into a Christian. I was still, you know, being a pretty worldly playboy. However, it did convince me that there is right and wrong and good versus evil and basically truth versus lies. And I realized that if they faked it, that's more profound historically than if they had actually gone. Do you see that? If they faked the greatest accomplishment of mankind and murdered people to keep it a secret and embezzled $200 billion and held ticker tape parades for these guys, gave them medals of honor for lying, that's more significant than if they had actually gone. And I said, look, I'm going to die anyway. This is a just cause. It's worth risking my life for. So I changed my mind. A few days later, as serendipity would have it, I meet a multimillionaire who designs rockets for NASA who knows that it's fake. He said, Bart, I'm going to give you a million dollars to produce these films to prove the moon landing is fake. So three and a half years into the seven-year project, that suggest maybe the moon landings were faked. We find classified footage of fake photography of them faking being halfway to the moon right in front of your eyes. Multiple takes of a one foot model with a third track of the audio of the CIA telling them how to create a fake radio delay to make it appear they're further away from the earth. And here we are 50 years later and the Artemis project can only send mannequins to orbit the moon, but somehow 50 years ago with one million computing power cell phone, they were playing golf on the moon. You know, you, so that's another way you could prove it. First, the photograph proves it. It cannot be duplicated in sunlight, which means it's electrical light, which means they're on Earth. Secondly, it's never happened in the history of the world that technology was greater in the past than in the future, because today NASA can only send astronauts 250 miles into space. So they went a thousand times farther 50 years ago. Well, that means it was greater technology in the past and in the future, but that's a scientific and historical impossibility. So that proves it. Then we have the classified footage that I talked about. That's three proofs. And then as I'm about to edit my book, which took 15 years to write, two years to edit, it's at Sibrel, my last name, S-I-B-R-E-L.com. You can get it in audio. I read it, Kindle or print. I'm put in touch with a gentleman, and this is new information I'm about to say. I did not publish what I'm about to say in my book because the man's relative was still alive, dying of cancer, and he didn't want to deal with the publicity. The gentleman's name was Cyrus Eugene Akers. He was chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968. He stood beside President Johnson while they filmed the fake moon landing June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. President Johnson gave him a list of 15 people who were allowed in the visitor's door to observe. He gave that list to me. And I'm about to tell you something I've also 
not put in the book. The real deathbed confession. Cyrus Eugene Akers was dying, and he had done some things that he regretted. He believed in God, and it is suggested in the Bible, if you simply confess your sin and make a commitment not to do it again, God will forgive you. And he wanted to not go to hell, right? And so he said, really, what's the more important confession? He murdered a coworker who was going to become a whistleblower and tell what he had witnessed and go to a reporter. I don't know whether he was ordered to kill him or did it as on his initiative as the chief MP on the base, but he did it. He murdered somebody to keep it a secret. That was really what he wanted to get off his chest. He said, the reason why I killed them was the fake moon landing. And then he kind of defended it. They must have had a really good reason why they were doing it. Well, I don't know about that one. So all this is in my new book, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. And the reason why it's called that is because after we produced, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, which you can see for free at sabrell.com. In fact, the book is interactive with 16 video links. I write a chapter and I say, look, I'm about to talk about the film. Watch link one, watch the film first. Then, you know, and then I show another clip of NASA admitting they can't leave Earth orbit and so forth. And basically, uh, after the first film, I guess from maybe childhood courtroom dramas I'd seen on TV, I thought, why don't we just track down these guys? We got a millionaire, hire a bunch of private detectives to track down these guys, put a Bible in front of them and see if they'll take an oath that they walked on the moon. It was during that occasion that I got punched by Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Another astronaut threatened to uh, kick, uh, shoot me. One threatened to hit me. One literally kicked me from behind because I showed him the classified footage on the tape of them faking being halfway to the moon. The guy turns beet red, starts cursing, get out of my house, literally kicks me from behind. So in the commotion, John, I left the wireless microphone on the guy. And in the commotion, you know, my camera guy's freaking out. He forgets to stop recording. So while the astronaut and his son are in their house with the doors closed, and the cameras in the back seat of the rental car and the driveway in front of the house, we're recording the private conversations of the astronaut and his son in his house. And three months after the fact, when the secretary of the film is doing the transcript, she calls me up, panic, Bart, Bart, you know what they're talking about in their house? You know, when you left the, the mic on and the camera recorder, they're like, I don't know what. They're talking about calling the CIA to have you assassinated. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Says no, Bart. They're talking about calling the CIA to have you assassinated. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. They're talking about calling the CIA to have you assassinated. Now, if they really went to the moon, and I'm some silly person who thinks it was done in a TV studio, why would the CIA care? Unless, like I showed him, I had proof that they didn't go. Well, a couple of good guys in the government told me to call two people on that list while I was editing my book. And shortly thereafter, my source's house was broken into and all the records of this guy being in the air force that they could find were confiscated and two days after that this is less than two years ago two government employees show up and face-to-face -face threatened to kill him and his family if he ever spoke to me again now why would that be necessary if they really went to the moon right wow. thank you for letting me do my essay you're very patient sean yeah, on this channel, we don't cut long stories short. I just like to sit here and listen and not say anything. 
we've got a few people, and I was asked to ask you this before the interview, are asking about Stanley Kubrick's role in the, you know, in faking the video. There's various theories. Do, do you uh, subscribe to any of like, that? Well, you're in the UK, and that's where he lived and where he was from. And so, yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to think, what would I do if I were them? Okay, they're faking the moon landing, so they have to have fake pictures. If, if they can't convince people through the photography or TV images that it's fake, they're sunk. So they have two choices. They could hire the general of the media department of the Pentagon and get good security and amateur results. Or they could hire the best filmmaker on the planet get the short-term benefit of good-looking pictures and worry about security later. That had to be the choice that they made. And Stanley Kubrick, in 1968, when it was being filmed at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico, happened to be shooting a film about going to the moon. <laughs> you know, in 2001, <laughs> Space Odyssey. And there are pictures of him, Wyatt, Stanley Kubrick at NASA, strolling around with, you know, the flight director and the, you know, the CEO of NASA. Why would he be there? And then in his uh, film, The Shining, and there's a couple of documentaries about this, there is apparently multiple clues about the moon landing fraud. Now, some of them are a bit overly poetic, but if a third of them are true, you know, then, then it's true. And one in particular, the little, you know, red rum boy, he stands up and he's got a hand knit shirt that says Apollo 11 right on it. And I think... You know, he did it. I, that's who I would have picked. I think 2001 is probably still the best science fiction film ever made. And that was done with 1968 technology, and it's still the most realistic. The guy was a genius. And then people don't remember Apollo 12, six months later, they accidentally pointed the TV camera into the sun, so there were no pictures. Then Apollo 13 on April 13th at 1313 military time had an accident, which was only contrived because after they went to the moon the second time, people were complaining reruns of I Love Lucy were being interrupted. So they'd added that for drama. What that means is they had two years between the time that Kubrick shot the first one to get their act together and to figure out how to do it for Apollo 14. And I think uh, the, some of the later missions, 14 through 17, were likely filmed in England. Uh, there's a big dirigible hangar not too far from London where it's believed and there's photographic evidence to support it that that's where some of the later missions were because they decided to have larger landscapes and they needed a larger space than Cannon Air Force Base could provide. My dad being in the Air Force, I'd never heard of Cannon Air Force Base. I looked it up, it's tiny, which is great because there's fewer eyewitnesses. And then every branch of the military has their CIA type department, special ops. Well, out of the whole world, guess where the headquarters of the special ops for the United States Air Force is? Cannon Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And then I had to pull out my own interview of William Casey from the archives. I'm like, didn't he say something about the Air Force? And I have him saying the whole thing, the whole faking of the moon landing was supervised by General Sam Phillips of the United States Air Force. And then one of the people on this list, I had heard of most of them, you know, like Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, Von Braun, Van Allen. There was one guy on there I hadn't heard of, or some of them, Robert Emmenager, which was like a science fiction consultant. And I got an email from someone saying in one of his autobiographies, he said he was at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968, 
for a classified reason. So then you get to, well, what, what does this mean? We, we have a government that claims to be a light on a hill to the world. And every time someone is democratically elected, they don't like, they send in the CIA to kill them. They boast about it. And the New York Times, which is completely illegal, and no one does anything about it. You have William Benny, who worked for the NSA for 30 years, says, oh, by the way, we spy on the private cell phone conversations of Supreme Court justices so we can get sexual and financial dirt on them to blackmail them to vote the way we tell them. No one contradicts that that's a fact on a single investigation. <laughs> How can that be? The corrupt government, it just would blow your mind. And the moon landing fraud is just the crowning achievement of their complete arrogance and disregard for the people they care. And then there were new revelations in the book that I did not put in the film because some of the people were still alive and asked that I do it after they died. The second to the last chapter in Moon Man, which is at sabrell.com, is called NASA's Greatest Fear. The crew that was going to be the crew to walk on the moon first died in an accident January 27th, 1967, according to the dead man's widow, who I interviewed for four hours, and according to the dead man's son, who I interviewed for three hours. He was murdered by the CIA. He came home the day before, said, Han, for the first time ever, the CIA is all over the launch pad. I wonder why. Next day, the guy's dead. They go to his house. They take his papers that he's you know, sending to Congress and the Senate about how they're 10 years away from going to the moon. They confiscate him before they even tell his widow that he's dead. That's their accusation, not mine. I'm just passing it on. And I figure they know. I mean, if Bobby Kennedy Jr. says his uncle was killed by the CIA, I would think he's the expert on the fact, right? And if the dead man's wife and son, who's a 747 pilot, says his, man, his father and husband, who was going to be the first man to walk on the moon, was murdered because he wouldn't cooperate, I believe him. And so it'd be one thing, Sean, if they faked the moon landing and killed nobody. Then it's kind of, you kind of, in a way, respect their cleverness. Hey, they did a good counterfeit. They sold the fake Picasso to some sucker. Hey, good job. But that it's worse than that. Not only did they take our hard-earned money, a third of our labor or more, to deceive us, they used our money, our labor, to murder our fellow citizens who were trying to expose their crimes because we paid the salary of those CIA agents who killed their own people. We paid for the hardware that they used to contrive that accident. You see that? And, and these people are still running the show because until the moon landing fraud comes out, those people and their offspring are still running the show. So that's why Orwell said, whoever controls the past, the moon landings are real when they're not those same criminals run the future. And what we have here is a cartel of gangsters running the United States of America. It makes no difference whether it's red and blue. Don't be suckered into that, fighting each other so we don't go after them. Just ask Ron Paul and Bernie Sanders, right? It didn't, they won't let either of them go to the top, right? So something's going on and it doesn't really matter who you vote for because Congress and the Senate, did they vote on whether to fake the moon landing? No, they weren't even asked. So your elected officials, your voting does no good whatsoever. 
we had 90% of Americans who wanted GMO labeling on a bottle of ketchup. Please tell me if I'm about to swallow a GMO. Hope you're enjoying this podcast. There's a word from our sponsor, Rocket Money. The other day, I had to cancel free Amazon Prime memberships. I had a personal on the UK, Amazon, US, Amazon company account, US, Amazon, UK, Amazon. Do you understand how hard it is to cancel these bloody things? That's why Rocket Money makes these things so much easier, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. Just like with me, with my four Amazon Prime memberships, you may find out you've been at least double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you've got to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting our sponsor, Rocket Money. Links in the description box. Cheers. Have 90% of Americans agreed on anything since Pearl Harbor? No. And yet 90%, a democracy, the majority rules, which means 51% rules. So you have 90% wanting GMO labeling. The president says, no, I'm going to do what the corporations tell me to do. All right. What is the motivation for faking the moon landing? Well, you know, the, the first guy in the military told me it's all about money. It came out that Halliburton, you know, was charging $40 for a 50 cent ice cube tray during the Iraq war. And that's what Eisenhower warned us about in his last day in office. He was afraid to say it during the eight years of his presidency. How about that? Right. Warning you, this this military industrial complex, the profiteers off of war, they're running the show. He was afraid to say it. Kennedy said it. Look what happened to him. So money, you know, I wouldn't think that money would be the number one reason. I thought it was pride because Kennedy said we'll go before the end of the decade and they couldn't do it. So they didn't want to eat humble pie. But people in the know who know more than me say it's money first. Now, NASA has never kept the schedule, not a single time. Just the Hubble telescope to go into Earth orbit, one little piece of equipment half the size of a car, 10 years behind schedule. In 2014, they said they're going to have people orbiting the moon in 2018, and they still haven't done that. But what is that, eight years later? They only have mannequins orbiting the moon, and that eight years behind schedule. But for some reason, the most complicated space endeavor of all time was ahead of schedule. I mean, imagine that. So that pride had to be in there somewhere. And it was propaganda. Nixon, who was president at the time, said the number one threat to America is not Russia, it's not China, it's Americans who are protesting the federal government because of the Vietnam War. So why not give them something to cheer about? In the book, I mentioned the code name that apparently President Johnson personally came up with for the endeavor of faking the moon landing. He called the project slam dunk, meaning if you fake it, you can guarantee it'll be successful. <laughs> pretty, pretty true, right? And so when people were complaining, Americans are dying in the war, then they could give them this, you know, bone. Look at this, something to cheer about, something to wave your flag at. And by the way, Robert McNamara said on his deathbed, he was 
defense secretary during the Vietnam War. Now, before December 7th, 1941, 90% of Americans were against entering World War II, 90%. Then Pearl Harbor happens and 90% are for it, right? <laughs> and it was kind of that way when the war in Vietnam was going on, that which was going on since the late 50s, 90% of Americans said, let's just not get involved. You know what I mean? We remember World War II, we don't want to do this again, okay? Let them solve their own problems. Well, so they're like, well, how can we get the U.S.? What can we, we need a Pearl Harbor event? Well, it was called the Gulf of Tonkin incident, where allegedly a North Vietnamese ship attacked, attacked an American ship. Well, Robert McNamara on his deathbed said, oh, by the way, we just made that up. The CIA just made that up. It never happened. That led to the death of three million people, including 58,220 Americans. So if they're willing to contrive something that leads to the death of three million people, including 58,000 of their own citizens, I think they're willing to fake an image on television. Right. And because it's a positive conspiracy, you know, it's whoever shot JFK, he's dead. Whoever did 9-11, those people are dead. But this is a lie that's positive. And telling people the truth is like taking candy away from a baby. I talked to a professor. I showed him, I mean, them faking the moon landing right in front of your eyes. Even my critics said, yes, they're faking it, but they're just rehearsing. I'm like, well, why not rehearse with the real earth out the window? Why do you need a model of it? Right? You know, and then why would you bring the extra weight? So that doesn't fly anyway. And so it's like, this professor saw that he saw the intersecting shadows knows of the confession he says there's nothing you could say that would make me deny the glorious moon landings and i said well what about this what if you turned on your tv and buzz aldrin was holding a live press conference tearfully confessing yes he faked it it was shot at cannon air force base and i'm so sorry the professor of this university said i still think he walked on the moon You know, <laughs> so the problem is, or you could, the problem for the American government is, is even though the faking of the moon landing killed fewer people than even the Kennedy assassination witness list, certainly less than 9-11 and the fake Vietnam War, it's the one fraud if exposed would enrage people the most because they waved their flag, they got down on their knees and prayed and they cheered and it's in the encyclopedia and on coins, you know, that's why they're very afraid that the moon landing fraud will come out. It'll be the finger out of the dike for everything else, because it's kind of odd that a few top podcasts won't talk about it. Alex Jones, Joe Rogan won't talk about it. Joe Rogan called me up, said, I believe uh, the moon landings are fake. What can I do to help? And now, the guy's afraid to talk about it on his show. It's kind of <laughs> odd. Uh, prove me wrong. You know, especially with the deathbed confession, the guy who was there and uh, backed up by his son, backed up by other people who were on the list that President Johnson gave. You know, we can verify all of this. And why is this not news, right? I, it came out, I don't know, 10 years ago, some curator in the Netherlands who Neil Armstrong allegedly picked up a particular rock just for the prime minister of the Netherlands, put it in his pocket, brought it to the Netherlands six weeks later and said, here's the rock, they put it in glass. Well, the curator watched a funny thing happen on the way to the moon. And he's like, I wonder. So late at night, he opened it up and put it under a microscope and it's a piece of petrified wood. 
you know, because it looks out of this world, right? So they did a little minor news story, Moon Rock proves to be a fake, and that's it. Well, if the Moon Rocks are fake, what about the Moon Mission? I mean, you have Kelly Smith from NASA saying on a video that's on the Internet the technology necessary to protect an astronaut from radiation on a trip to the moon has yet to be invented. So how did they do it in 1969? <laughs> you know, and that's one of the clips at sabral.com that you can see for free. So I'll, again, you're doing the best job ever of letting me ramble on. <laughs> I try to hold my passion, but it just infuriates me that this uh, is the world we live in and the government we have. And it, it's really sad. Have the, Russians, have the Russians accused the Americans of faking it? They did originally. Uh, the, the day that it happened, the ambassador, Russian ambassador to the United States said it was fake. And then they did some, you know, deal. Uh, I know somebody who personally works at the Chinese Space Agency. And he said they have an agreement with NASA. They won't say that it's real because that would be dishonorable to them. But they won't also say that it's fake in exchange for space technology. So this idea that China is our enemy while we're sending them technology to fly into space, which is the most technologically advanced thing there is, you know, that's all a lie. We do more business with China than anybody else. They're not our enemy. They're our competitor. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to win in a competition. They have to divert our attention. All of our founding fathers who took an oath and everyone in the military and every police officer in America takes an oath to obey the Constitution, not the president, and to protect America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So just like a magician, they say, you know, they put their hand over here while they're doing something behind their back. They keep saying the boogeyman is in China, the boogeyman is in Russia, the boogeyman is in Iran, when they're the boogeyman. You know what I mean? When you have to ask permission to open your business, permission to go to church, permission to go to the beach, you're a slave. You know, they, they say we have the best health care in the world and 70 percent of the population is on prescription medicine. So that means 70 percent of the population is sick. That's the worst health care in the world. They say we're the land of the free. We're the land of the slaves. And people don't even know it. They're, they're committing slavery right out in the open by tricking the slaves into thinking they're free. And we're not free at all. You had a few questions coming from the viewers then. So Fred wants to know whether you've heard of the Coke tin story. Uh, the alleged Coke bottle, you know, rolling across the TV screen. That could be true. Uh, there are many people who said they saw it. Uh, Bill Casey believes that I got this classified footage intentionally from a whistleblower. I did have a couple of contacts there at NASA. One was a was an executive who told me personally that it was fake. So maybe he or somebody, you know, sent me that. Uh, maybe they threw that ac across the Coke bottle during a live show. Uh, I remember somebody telling me, and uh, they were in the military and they were watching the quote, last mission to the moon live on TV. The rocket goes up, meaning they're leaving the moon, and then there's a shadow of a person walking around, you know, and then they cut it out and Walter Cronkite says, oh, what a great thing. You know, he tries to cover for, <laughs> and, you know, it is what it is. And the, here's another proof, really, 
I mean, if you use deductive reasoning, they intentionally destroyed all the technology they used to go to the moon, which in today's dollars cost $200 billion. One of the clips for free at Sibrel.com is Don Pettit, NASA astronaut, saying they intentionally destroyed the technology they used to go to the moon. Now, if there was ever a technology you were intentionally destroying, it would have to be the atomic bomb after they used it in World War II. But they didn't destroy it, did they? And only 10 years later, atomic bombs were 1,000 times more powerful. Technology increases exponentially. So if they could go to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth the computing power of a cell phone, we would have been on Mars 10 years later. We'd be in another solar system by now, and there'd be bases all over the moon, which there aren't any, you see? So I think the photography actually got worse. There are more intersecting shadows in the, quote, last mission than in the first, because once people accepted they were on the moon, they're just, you know, hypnotized and it doesn't really matter. And I guess they got a kick out of doing their little jokes. Same thing as Kubrick got a little kick. Another little Kubrick clue. His last film is called Eyes Wide Shut. The most famous picture is of Buzz Aldrin, you know, bending his arm at 90 degrees, allegedly standing on the moon. The soil is brown. The background is blue. Big clue there. Uh, there's a shadow even of the wall, a secondary shadow of the wall in front of him, if you can, if you can see that in his visor. And then the, the spacesuits, you know, from space walking shuttle astronauts have hinges in the elbows because you can't bend your arm in a pressurized suit. So how is he able to bend his arm? And then the wrinkles all in the spacesuit. Well, how many wrinkles are in a balloon? The thing isn't even pressurized. So, you know, for 10 years, I looked right at all these clues and just didn't see them. My eyes were wide shut. Well, Kubrick insisted contractually with Warner Brothers that that film, his last film, and he died before it opened. He had his deathbed wish. He said, I insist it open on this particular day. And if you don't agree, I won't sign the contract. That is July 16th, 1999 the 30th anniversary of the trip to the moon. Right? Next, que next question is, do, what do you think of Crow 777? I'm just gonna close this door. Have you heard of Crow 777? It seems that's like a YouTube identity name or something, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. if you've not heard of him, we've got another question from Rebecca. Does Bart know anything more general about the collusion between the film industry and the military industrial complex? Oh, the definite collusion. Uh, I think it started in World War II for, you know, propaganda purposes. And there, I don't think in and of itself there's anything wrong if the war is a just cause to, you know, talk positively about it to compensate for discouragement. When you cross the line and do outright lying, that's illegal, according to a Truman Act that he signed in 1947. He said, you know, the war's over. We can't use the CIA or, or any Department of America to lie to the people that is morally wrong. So that's a law. And then there was the quiz show scandal in 1958, where they gave the guy the answers in advance. And yet Time magazine had on their cover the smartest man in America. I'd be the smartest man in America, too, if I had the answers in advance. <laughs> so either Time magazine colluded, which I don't think they did, 
or they were just deceived. You see, if you deceive the media, then you deceive the world. And everyone just assumed the government was telling the truth about the moon landing fraud. So they passed a law. They said, it's not only can you not do propaganda, you cannot use television specifically to state a falsehood. So the federal government broke that law too. Of course, they murdered their own people. The Declaration of Independence, which precedes the Constitution, says anytime a government becomes destructive of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, they should be altered or abolished. So we have the right to disengage the federal government. It's there in writing by our founding fathers. And they murdered Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee of Apollo 1, among dozens and thousands of other people over the years which is destroying their right to life, isn't it? Our own government murdered their own people to cover up their crimes. And these people are still in power today. Anyone care? You know, what are we going to do about it? People are hypnotized, aren't they, by the media and the mainstream. All right, so with these, with your films then, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, astronauts gone wild. Your book, Moon Man, the true story of filmmaker on the CIA hit list. Do you think any of this stuff has put your life at risk? Have you had threats, Bart? Well, one of the big things that I disclose in the book that I've never talked about publicly, basically, I've done a lot of interviews like this, and I, it's already a difficult pill to swallow that they lied about such a thing. It's true. So that's the primary goal in the past is just to you know help people see this uh, unfortunate thing. I have a quote at the end of each chapter, and there's a quote from Men in Black 3. The bitterest truth is better than the sweetest lie. And other things happened uh, during the production of this film, including literally being kidnapped and drugged by the CIA when I was trying to get this classified footage to a colleague at CNN in Atlanta. I was literally surrounded by the police who were probably on the payroll of the CIA uh, they kidnapped me illegally, uh, not in front of everybody, but in a back alley behind CNN where I was trying to get the tape in the back door. They put something around my wrist that they referred to as the thing. You got the thing, or oh, here's the thing. And they all had gloves on when they handled it. And of course, that's where all my veins are. It was absorbed. And I was like on some big LSD trip. And then they put me in a dark van, uh, had some guy in there speaking in tongues or something to confuse me. I mean, it was pitch black, which takes a little bit of effort. Throwing up, the drug is so severe. They take me out. I'm in bright light. They have a clipboard. Where's the original tape? And where's this and that? And I tell them everything they wanted to know. I mean, you don't have to waterboard anybody unless you're vindictive. You give them a bribe of a billion dollars, you know, and Osama bin Laden's mom will turn in one son to take care of the other nine. And you got true serum. And let me tell you, it works. I was in La La Land. I thought they were the good guys trying to help me. I escaped their custody. I make my way back to Nashville. How did you I escape? Say, well, that's how much time you got. <laughs> you know, it, basically, there's a chapter that's called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to CNN. And I go into explicit detail of everything that happened. And just go to sabrell.com, get the book, and you read about it. So jumping toward the end, I come back to Nashville and I say, I got him. I got true serum in me. <laughs> so I pee in a cup and without communicating over the phone or anything, I give it to a friend and I ask him to take it to a lab in his name, not mine. And I'm like, I'm going to prove I was drugged with a 
drug that only the CIA would have access to. A few days later, he, he and I meet and he says, well, there was a problem at the lab. And I said, well, what problem? He said, well, funny thing, uh, they had a break in over the weekend. And I said, yes, yeah, so what? He said, well, funny thing, the only thing stolen was your urine sample. <laughs> when we wake up in the morning, we get out of bed and we start our day with Koro Snacks. Koro is a healthy snacks brand focusing on bringing additive-free natural ingredients to their customers with fair prices in bulk packaging. They have everything from nut butters to free from baking ingredients to cooking essentials and, of course, the snacks. Look what's in this, gem. It's the vegan power mix from Koro. So we have a mixture of nut kernels, dried fruit, cocoa nibs, soy crispies and hemp seed pulled. What are these little red ones? Look at this thing. Mmm. Mmm. That's good. Fresh and healthy. So what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Coro's quality management team carefully and regularly reviews the quality of their products. For a 5% discount on Coro's products, use the code TRUECRIME with no space in between true and crime. The link to Coro's online shop is in the description box on YouTube. Thanks for supporting our sponsor. You know, so the people that run the lab, you know, see that they were broken into, you know, and, and you know, nothing stolen except my urine sample. So somehow, you know, they used a laser microphone or something and they, you know, I couldn't out with them. Uh, you know how many CI agents it takes to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> Ten of them, probably. <laughs> well, uh, I could tell you, but then I have to kill you. <laughs> So all that's in my book, which I normally didn't mention in interviews because it's like I'm already telling them this X-File thing. We didn't go to the moon, which is true. And it's like, uh, let's stay on topic. It'll sound all the more crazy. But now I want to move on to making feature films. And that's my dream. And I thought, well, let me just, for the historic record, tell, tell what happened. Uh, there are many encounters with astronauts that are not recorded in Astronauts Gone Wild. Some of them are private off camera and two of them made it clear to me, actually three, uh, that they didn't go to the moon and good luck, you know, because you're, it's an uphill battle trying, trying to convince these people. Uh, you know, one of them told me he does believe in God and that's why he uh, didn't swear on the Bible, you know. And if one man had walked on the moon and nobody else, maybe they would have confessed it by now. The problem is they'd be kind of confessing for everybody against the other person's will. Uh, and they would have the weight, theoretically, of bringing down America. I showed the classified footage to a news director at NBC. Okay, NBC News. I worked at NBC News for two years. And I showed the classified footage to the news director. He fell back in his chair white put his hand over his mouth and said oh my gosh they really didn't go to the moon i said yeah you know when are we going to air it he said i can't do that that'll cause a civil war i will not be responsible for causing a civil war 10 years go by we have another new news director at nbc they say we're going to air this they paid me for it you know interviewed me and a few days beforehand they got a call from the federal government saying do not if you want to keep your license do not air this 
Same thing happened in your country in the BBC. The BBC bought the rights to a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. They were going to have a surprise broadcast, like, you know, you know, to get even more publicity three days beforehand. They got a call from the federal government saying, don't broadcast that footage. Don't do it. So there you have it. You know, uh, <laughs> what, what can you do? That's the way the world works, right? Supreme wow. Court justices are being openly blackmailed. No one contradicts it. No one says it's not true. They just don't do anything about it. And yet when someone leaks information about the Democratic Party, giving more votes to Clinton when, you know, Sanders got twice as many votes, they go after the guy who leaked the information. You know, we've got a question so from Fred. He wants to know whether you've heard the theories that the moon is fake or the moon may be a spaceship. <laughs> well, I have a pretty vivid imagination and, and God gave that to everybody. Uh, Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge. The guy's not infallible. <laughs> He's wrong. Knowledge is more important than imagination. You can imagine how to enter eternal life, but it'd be better to know, wouldn't it? So I don't think that. It could be true. You know, I'm open-minded. Uh, you know, prove it to me. Uh, I've looked at flat earth. I don't think that's true. Uh, and even if it were true, the issue isn't about the shape of the earth. It never says in the Bible you have to pass a geography quiz to enter heaven. Uh, the issue is the corruption in world governments. The, the earth could be a triangle, and it's still about the, the faking of the moon landings because the government is corrupt. The government has always been corrupt. I mean, ever since Nimrod, right? You have, uh, what is it, Pak in Vietnam and Stalin and Hitler. Altogether, they killed about 50 million people because they didn't like them. And that was less than 100 years ago. Homicidal maniacs have always run the world since Nimrod. So they told the Nazis, told the Jews, it's a good thing we're rounding you up. It's a good thing we're quarantining you. It's a, you're going to have jobs and food and let come on into the showers and get cleaned up. They might be doing something like that right now right? Getting rid of the inferior people. You ever think about that? I saw a list of Hitler's useless eaters, you know, the elderly, the obese, uh, the heart conditions, and phase one of a particular medicine and Hitler's useless eaters were identical. What a coincidence, you know? So if the former vice president of such a company making that medicine says what's going on is a lie and that particular medicine is deadly, that's his opinion, not mine. I'm just passing it on. You know, oh, I don't know what you think about that, but but it is what it is. You know, the moon landings are fake, and I, I wish they I wish they weren't. I cried when I popped in that tape, John, and I saw you know them faking with the one foot model of the Earth. I just wept. I'm like, boy, this is, this is sad. This is our world, and this is our country. It's so sad. You know, you're, you're it, me it means something. It means something spiritually that mankind's greatest accomplishment, their greatest boast, putting a man on the moon, complete lie. That, that tells us something. You're you know? such a fantastic and a passionate speaker, Bart, and we really appreciate you spending time with us today then. Do you want to just tell the viewers finally where they can find you on the socials and, and get your books? Yeah, everything's at Sabrell, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, Sabrell.com, it's all there. Huge thank you for coming on. I'd love to see you again sometime. Maybe we could have someone come on who could debate the other side, but 
you've just blown me away with all your knowledge. So I really appreciate you spending time. Thank you, Bart. Sure, Sean. You take care. Take care, my friend. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>